Welcome back, everybody. It is episode nine of I Was Hornswoggled, a podcast journal about waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. The title of the show is Communal Narcissists. The date is 2-2-2022. Quite a mouthful. Uh, Greetings to you. Welcome back. I'm glad you have chosen to take the time and uh, listen to my show. And I hope it's helping you this far. I got my first feedback. I was going to keep it private because they didn't really say if they wanted me to share anything about it. So I just want to say thank you very much for reaching out. And um, they were just wondering where they could find my show notes. So I went through my website and I found out that Anchor, where I record my show, wasn't um, updating every episode. So it looks like I'm just going to manually go in, add my show notes and then um actually the spotify link that you can also listen to the show right from my website but it is i always like to look at the my uh, show notes so and yeah i'm not doing a van one this week and so i actually have show notes so it is um i have my url going to uh www.hornswoggledpodcast.com it's a wordpress site you can find my latest show notes there if it's not a van show. If it was a van entry, I did no, I do no show notes, which you will know because I will ramble more if, I'm, if I don't have my show notes to keep me in line. So that is where you can find my show notes. I went through and made sure they were all there and re-updated my blog there so that the new shows were being posted there because it was so strange. It stopped um, adding them. Uh, it's supposed to be automatically adding them and it stopped at like entry five. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I'm going to have to keep an eye on that and just do it myself. That uh, might be where that cliche, you know, saying came from. If you want it done right, just do it yourself. Even um, AI, you know, automation, technology, they can't even keep up with just doing it yourself. <laughs> so that is uh, double checked, checked and double checked. So I did make sure that they are all there. And also want to let you know that you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher. And also I have a TikTok channel and um, I put the link to that on my website too, but I think you can find it under I Was Hornswoggled or Hornswoggled Podcast, one of those. I'm th- <laughs> but I definitely put the link there. So I do short, um, it was actually before you could do three minute videos, I was doing one minute videos. So I have some videos up on there where I talk about narcissism, the different traits of narcissism, my experiences. I go over graphics, infographics that I found that I really liked and I commented on. So um, I do go there so you can follow me on there as well. So, yes, back to my show notes, um, now that I had gotten off, but yeah, I said, welcome to my podcast journal, where I share my awakening from my narcissist-induced nightmare, and then that one nightmare, you know, I f- figured out that all of my interactions that were so, like, things that make you go, hmm, you know, they all, I have, I have my suspicions now, there's a lot of them that smell really narky, not gonna lie. So, hornswoggled means to trick or deceive someone, and and, oh, let me tell you, I have definitely been hornswoggled, and that was by my mom for at least the past 20 years. I'm sure it was my entire life. I just turned 42, and I'm pretty sure for that entire time, that woman was just grooming us, my sister and I. I just know. I just know she was. 
Um, and also, I don't even know. My dad has a lot of tendencies now going back. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, so I have decided to share my experience to offer support to others who are going through the same thing me or my family is. And uh, the content I have found surrounding narcissistic abuse by professionals and fellow survivors has brought me so much comfort in knowing that we are not alone. So this podcast is meant to share just my experience, information I personally have found helpful and the sources so that you can check it out on your own and also to share my feelings as I unpack them you know, this huge blow and as well as share content that has helped me find answers. So um, we're going to hop into making sense. All right. So the name of this episode is the communal narcissist and um, actually had me thinking about it because I caught a live uh, stream on YouTube of Angie Atkinson and Le- Lisa Colucci. I don't know if I pronounced that correct, but or Lisa Colucci, L-I-S-E, and Angie Atkinson. And both of those ladies are really great to listen to. I think they also have their um, individual communities and coaching and stuff like that. A lot of... Um, um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? Apparently I didn't put that in my show notes. A lot of tools that you can access to help you and uh, people that probably are going through a lot of the same situations as you and I. So while I was curling my hair one day, I was I saw that they uh, had a YouTube notification for a live and it was called Transactional Love in Toxic Relationships with Narcissists plus a Q&A. And then through that, they broke it down into um, the transactional love and toxic relationships when the narcissist only loves you if you, you know, do say or be what they want. Angie Atkinson, this is from the about on the video. Angie Atkinson and Lise Colucci uh, talk about what it means when a narcissist and then they put in parentheses, be they communal narcissist or hero narcissist, engage in transactional love. So... I wanted to touch base on the communal narcissist because that was like a second layer. Like once you find out that there's like narcissism, you know, you're like, oh, okay, narcissism. I've heard that word before. And then you're like, I think I've said in like one of my first episodes that, um, you know, we throw that word around a lot. We throw that word around a lot to just kind of do an umbrella description on someone who just seems to be very self-centered. But what they don't realize is that that's that's just one little drop in the bucket of narcissism. Narcissists encompass such a large, and it's so new. It's a it's a whole new thing that people are just constantly learning more about. So. I wanted to kind of touch base on that because it's right on the heels of the holiday season, right on the heels of love being loved bomb, which is in transaction, which is something that narcissists do during the holidays. They're like, oh, I want to be fairy tale and fantastic. And I want to feel like I have all these people. I just love giving people things. And because they get, they get that high off from giving someone a present or whatever, or they use it obviously as a manipulation tool. So I just wanted to, you know, peel back the another layer of narcissism and these aren't from what I understand aren't real like diagnosable branches off but they have found their home on little sub sub 
text over to the right of narcissism. So let's just, um, you can find a lot of different uh, articles talking about it and information talking about it, but I found a good article on choosingtherapy.com and it is by a lady named Nicole Arts and it was reviewed by um, Raji Abdul Hosen and it was um, printed on or published on July 14, 2021. So I put the link, the link will be in the show notes at um, hornswoggledpodcast.com and um, so communal narcissism and, and what they encompass in this this article on choosingtherapy.com is saying that it is not technically recognized like what I was saying as a formal diagnosis communal narcissism refers to a grandiose inflated perceptions within a communal environment like communal narcissists can often believe that they have excellent social skills and high degrees of likability and helpfulness. In reality, they are fairly hypocritical as most of their focus centers on meeting their own intrinsic needs. So that's the tricky part. You'll see a person like heading off a nonprofit or doing a lot of um, donations and, and community drives for um, for charity. And you're like, oh, that person is amazing. And the side story, I remember I had this friend who uh, fell in love, like got like this huge crush on this girl. And one of her characteristics was that she always bragged about all the charity that she was doing all the charity and she would post all these Facebook pictures of her doing this charity or her doing this drive or her doing this this working in the soup kitchen and then he found out it was because she had to do public service because she had to do it was either do public service or do time it was something like that it was part of her parole and I was like okay and that kind of reminded me of this because it was like you know, instead of just doing it, you know, and, and, and from, because I've made known that I am a Christian, uh, we're not supposed, we are called in the Bible. It talks about, you know, not bragging when you do nice things for people, <laughs> not bragging about it, not going, Hey, look at what I just did. I just donated $5,000 to these people. You know, it's like those, uh, videos, YouTube videos you'll see, or even TikToks where you'll see, or it'll come across Facebook or whatever. And it's like, Oh, look. Oh, there's a homeless person. He doesn't have shoes. I have these hundred pairs of hundred dollar pair of tennis shoes here. I'm going to go give it to him. And then they have somebody like record them walking up to the person and like doing this big grandiose gesture. Look at me. I'm so amazing. I'm bestowing these amazing shoes on this person. Freaking narcissism right there. If you really did it, for genuine purposes. You would have just got out of your vehicle. Nobody would have known. You would have walked over, said, here you go, have a great day. And then boom, you're gone. You're not sitting there making this huge issue about this lovely thing that you've done. So, I mean, you're not supposed to let the left hand or not let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. You're not supposed to be jumping from the Mount, yelling from the mountaintops, look what I've done for this person, you know, but guess what? Communal narcissists, hmm, they love that. So do hero narcissists. We'll talk about that in the next episode. So in the communal narcissist, you know, they, it, it, the actual narcissist personality disorder, what we already know is a complex condition and it exists on a spectrum. 
you know. So you can start out at that zero marker and just like work your way up the notch of narcissism. But you should have five out of the nine of the um, the personality traits on the. Uh, I'm gonna it's it's lost in my brain right now the name of it but the measurement that they go through you have to have nine or five out of the nine trains so um, people with communal narcissism in particular tend to over exaggerate their knowledge and they over exaggerate their their aptitude for communal skills they will assume that they have an extraordinarily potentially um, amazing capability often believing that they are actually the best listeners, the best parents, the most charitable people on the planet. So um, there is a quote by Chris Berry, PhD, professor of the Department of Psychology of Washington State University. He has explained it as this, someone with communal narcissism becomes caught up in the idea of being special or outstanding in service to others. Communalism minus the narcissism is probably a desirable thing like being friendly or being concerned about social problems or being trustworthy or caring for others however communal narcissism has that added element of a really grandiose displays of one's communalism and promoting oneself as being more communal than others examples could be i am the best friend so i am the best bestest friend that someone could have. I am the most helpful person I know, and I will be able to solve world poverty. You know, so it's like they put themselves up on the pedestal. So it's like, a, you know, instead of the narcissist picking their target and putting them up on the pedestal so they can get a nice clean shot at them, you know, like they do, they stick themselves up on these pedestals in their mind. So then they can just, you know, brag about themselves. So some signs of communal narcissism um, are extreme dedication to a Pacific or specific charity or cause. So their devotion may cause them to actually neglect other important tasks or step on the toes of others and I have actually seen this and happen in uh, the church too some people put like um, they have like a family that is um, full of pastors and I have heard where the certain parents who were pastors would just put pastoring at the very top at the very top and their family would life would suffer but they would get out there and they would go and have dinner and lunch and do all these things. They would spread themselves so thin across their their flock, their, their um, church family, that they actually were robbing any time, any extra time from their family at home. So then that built resentment. The family at home would build resentment. They would build resentment towards the whatever denomination they were part of, whatever religion they were part of, um, probably towards God in general. They're like, that's, you know, my dad, he, he was obsessed with being a pastor. He was never home. He put that first. He was, you know, we, we didn't even see him unless, you know, he was coming or going to someone else's and that's, that is where the balance, that's where you can find a communal narcissist is when, when they will let uh, an area of their life that should also be important 
fall to the wayside and so that they can really amp up how amazing they are outside of their their home or outside of um, other important tasks or other important things and then they will also like this is step on the toes of others so you may see this in a like if you have a new person join a a nonprofit or wherever if you have like a group of people like if you have like a sewing group where you sit down and you mend clothes and then you donate them to a homeless shelter or if you I've I've heard of people having like they wash all their plastic bags and then they um, they weave them into mats for homeless people so it's like uh, I've also seen this happen and my mom I, I know she did this um, there was a quilt a quilting club and in her park in her trailer park and now knowing what I know I'm pretty pretty sure knowing what I know I'm pretty sure that she was the culprit because <laughs> she would talk come to me all the time and go I joined this uh, quilt club and we're going to you know we're we're all working on the squares and we're all sewing them and since I'm so good at it I told him how good I am at quilting and that let's be real my mom never made a quilt that I personally have ever witnessed in my entire life I've never seen her quilt at all anything so when she told me that she was so amazing at quilting and that she had joined this group at her park and they were all given the squares to take home and then to sew them and have them ready by the next time the, the ladies would meet and then they would you know rinse and repeat until the quilt was done and there was one lady who apparently had the strongest personality and the most know-how which immediately turned into my mother's target apparently she didn't like so I had to hear about my mom lament oh she didn't like my square she said I didn't know what I was doing she doesn't know what she was doing I'm the best at this I've always done a good job nobody's ever said anything wrong about my sewing and I'm in my head I'm thinking what have you really sewed I don't remember you ever like being a seamstress you had a sewing machine you made curtains for our home and we were the only ones who really saw them I don't remember you actually making us clo clothes or Halloween costumes or costumes for school stuff. I don't remember any of that. No, that never took place. So I don't know where she felt like she was like the best seamstress ever. But now knowing what I know, that was an easy thing. So very communal narcissist of her right there. Um, often talking about having a mission or a calling, they consider serving the community to be of an utmost importance and they may deem any other interest as petty or selfish. So that's where you get that pious, that piety from. Or, I don't have time to watch a movie. I am too busy doing what I can do to get the food pantry full of food, okay? I don't have time for your little people stuff. I don't have time to talk. I am busy changing the world and it's all on me, you know, like that. Stirring excess drama or conflict at a charitable, um, at a charitable or a work-related events. So then rather than focusing on actually achieving a group goal, a communal goal, they may be more focused on the hierarchies or self-inflicted politics. And this would always happen too um, when, yeah, 
Yep, that's what always happened. <laughs> I was going to say, I went, uh, one of the churches that I went to, this is, this reminds me of this so badly. Um, what a, we were asked to, I thought it was so strange. One, why they asked us as new people to like take, like to put together this baby shower for the pastor and, um, the pastor at that time, I'm going to tell you guys a story about that later on, but I, I can sniff out now throughout my years of knowing I am like I'm wired and I'm mentally allergic to people who think that the smell of their own farts are fantastic not literal figuratively you know figuratively like they think their poop don't stink they think they're amazing you know pretty much narcissists so it's so strange I am like I'm repulsed like I don't have control over it my whole body negatively reacts towards anyone who now I know what I know. It's like, I can't not see it. I can't unsee narcissism. So it's like, I always have my narc vision on like 24 seven. And even back before I figured out my mom was one, I still, still, I was born um, always for the underdog and always against people who thought that they were better than everyone else. And um, the, the pastor of this church, we found out more and more and more I was around him. He loved to talk about himself. I think he was one as well. I will talk about that later on because that played a big part in my 2019. I'm telling you, in my awakening um, from my narcissist-induced nightmare was actually this church um, that I was going to. So... I was invited with my mom. They were like, hey, the pastor's wife is having another baby. We would really like it if you helped do their, the baby shower. So we thought, oh, okay, you know, and I thought, well, that's strange. Why would they ask the new people? All right, but whatever. Maybe they want us to feel welcoming. Well, the lady who asked us, I, she, she's, she may be a communal number. I don't know, but she she immediately um, triangulated my mom and I during this situation and um, my friend at the church too. So there were three of us. She asked to help with this baby shower and she was like stressing, oh, it's very important. They want to have their family here and they were from Canada and they were just moving here to get their their citizenship and they all of their family was from Canada so they didn't really know anybody in the states so we were like okay but the lady who was heading it off was very um I did not I I never thought that she was shady or sketchy but the more we got into what we thought was just throwing a nice um event or function for the pastor and his wife um turned into something quite different <laughs> and that is because this is why i have my suspicions now knowing what i know she immediately set up a triangulation scenario where my mom and my friend and i thought that we were the only three working on the baby shower she put us in a group chat with her on through a facebook messenger but little did we know that she also had three other women on the on another group chat and that she trying like she had two groups of women but never told the groups of women that there was another group of women working on this baby do you see where this is going <laughs> so here i am doughy eyed i'm new i'm just wanting to help you know and my mom was just like i've thrown so many baby showers i'm the perfect person for you to ask and i was like 
in my training from my mom, I'm like, yeah, that's right. You have. Yeah, that's right. Because I was a perfect supply for her. She, she had put in the time, 40 years at that time, of supply. I think I was 39. Yeah, because I found out right between, before I turned. Yeah. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. So, so what now? 2022, I'm just heading into. This would be what? My two-year anniversary of being awake. I think that's a, a, of awakening from this uh, narcissist-induced thing. So I'll fast forward. Um, literally, you were given a task by the, the lead lady. And um, we'll call her Barb. That's not her name, but I'm just, that's the first one that came to my head. Barb put us two in two little groups, never told the other little group about the other little group. And then if we shared, like I shared a picture of something I found at Hobby Lobby, I was like, oh, this would be cool because we we're going with like a nature theme. That woman threw a temper tantrum, said, we already have our centerpieces, don't don't waste my time showing me more. And we thought, what? We don't have centerpieces yet. We don't have centerpieces. What are you talking about? Oh, well, that was something that the other group was doing. But at that time, we didn't even know there was another group. We had no idea. So she was biting her heads off, throwing these narc temper tantrums by also going, I don't know why I even had, had signed up to do this at all. And we find out what at the end of that, she brought the pastor in on it. She was being all drama. She turned this entire, what would have been an easy breezy baby shower into to a fiasco where she was the victim of these stupid groups of women and how dare we <laughs> question a centerpiece that we didn't even know that she had under you know under control because we didn't know this other group of women women existed but now I know what triangulation is she was like low-key triangulating us and then at the end we find out oh well she was controlling both women so the it was it was such a trip and then she was triangulating us between the pastor so she would tell him i don't know what they're doing they're they're going rogue they're not listening to me and then he would come back to us and go um i don't know what's going on but barb seems very stressed and we just thought that it would be nice to include you guys but if this isn't something you can handle and we're like what is going on we literally got the food done. We got everything controlled. This woman is losing her ever loving mind, you know? So Barb, I w she smelled a little bit of a communal narcissist now. <laughs> and then my mom on the other side come to find out her and Barb got into it. They had it like, they had it out at the end. <laughs> This is the funniest thing. People think this since you go to church, you'll be like, oh, hunky-dory, honey, no. Narcissists live everywhere. They're in your schools. They're at your work. They're they're in the car behind you. They're in the car with you. They're in the bed with you. They're, they're everywhere, all right? There is no narc-free place. You cannot wear a garlic necklace. You cannot put a cross on your door. You cannot pour salt around your house. You can't do any of that. Not, can't sage them away. <laughs> Sorry, they're there. <laughs> so now that I know what I know, I just feel like, oh, it's so crazy. So I, I look back at that moment in time and I'm like, oh, Barb really smelled of a communal narcissist, right? And then and then it would make sense that the two titans took it, took it, you know, fought with each other. So it was, it was quite a trip. It was quite a trip. Nothing, it should have never been that hard. But that reminded me of stirring that excess drama or conflict at a charitable or work-related events. I want to say just a charitable heart event. Something you're trying to do nice for someone else. They will 
just come in, stir that unnecessary drama by creating two different groups of people with two different groups of goals and never once telling the other one that they exist. And this reminded me of this 100%. And then do the hierarchies and the self-inflicted politics. Yeah, the entire thing could have been easy breezy, but old Barb really smells of communal narcissist was not going to have it be easy breezy. She wanted this to be an, an amazing feeding session or then she could also play the victim because then she threatened to leave the church. I I'm telling you, you can't make this stuff. <laughs> so, so that keep your eye out for, for dirt to dirt like that. Also, coming across as a martyr. Knock, knock. Sounds very much like Barb. They will mock or degrade people who do not also share the same martyr-like interests. So if they are vegan, let me tell you, the entire church bragged about how they were vegan. I know. I'm an omnivore. I can't just pick one side. So if they are, says in parentheses, if they are vegan, they might lash out at people who eat meat or they might hate wealthy people who do not donate most of their wealth. So there is that element of, I guess they would call it virtue signaling. Look at me. Why aren't you as good as me? Why don't you care as much as me? Uh, you know, and there's that. So that's a thing. And then also believing that they are the best at something. They may have no evidence to substantiate this claim and others may vehemently disagree with it. And that would be my mom was singing. I'm sure you know this person who thinks they have an amazing voice. Heck, if you ever caught an episode of America's Got Talent or um, what's that other one? Now I, oh, 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 it's right there. It's right there. It's the very first one, right? Oh, it's the singing show where everybody would meet outside and they, oh, why can't I think about it? Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. I got to Google this one sec. American Idol. Ah, the winner I can figure out because I already said America's Got Talent. It's American Idol too, all right? So we've seen those episodes of the people out waiting in those long lines for their moment to shine. And then you like, they look put together. They have the confidence. They have everything going for them. And then they open their mouth and they're like, and you're like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Yeah, that might be a communal communal narcissist only seeming to show concern for societal needs in public that is another telltale sign that's where that narcissism comes out as they will put on a great show a great front in front of everyone but behind the scenes behind the curtain behind the mask they are not that in private, they do not exhibit the same motivations. For example, they might donate lavish amounts of money at an important event, but they wouldn't ever consider becoming an anonymous donor. Or they might post about needing to save the planet on social media without actually making a personal effort to do so. And that is something that I noticed that really came out in my mom after my dad passed away and she had, you know, gotten um, his pension and the social security coming in and then whatever life insurance he had for her to live off from. She would brag about tithing or donating or going, oh yeah, I I just um I gave them extra this week. Like she was always she brag about it, you know. Or she would low key go, I know I'm not supposed to say, oh that I'm not supposed to give money away, but and then they would do it anyway, you know. Or they love to have, like, the charity person in the family. Like, we had this aunt, uncle. They always seemed to be on hard times. They weren't really good with their money. They, um, 
they, it, as quick as it came in, it would go out, and it was just because they spent more than what they made, and they had kids, and and um, they really, they they both I think were chain smokers, and the more their cigarettes costed, they never thought about cutting back or whatever. They just spent all their money on and on everything and, and everyone um, in their family and they would have nothing supposedly nothing left so my mom would go over and she loves to make sure that people that she does good things for she loves to tell everybody else what she's done so when my uncle passed away and left my um, aunt um, she had three kids and one with special needs. That was another point. Um, and they really didn't, their house was falling around and being condemned around them. And, and instead of like moving into an apartment where they could have, um, easily, uh, my mom stepped in and my, in with my dad, which made me, you know, it's like a, a team effort of communal there. Um, let's buy you a trailer. They swoop in and buy them a trailer. The, I don't think that they even asked them to do it. They just did it in this grandiose thing. And then all of a sudden they would go over and then I'd have to hear, oh, they're not keeping up on the trailer. Well, th it's not yours anymore. You bought it for them. It was a gift. It was a grandiose gesture. And then now they almost act like they, they somehow how had to continue to, and it is another narc transaction, let's be honest, let's buy these people a trailer, and then every time we go over, let's crap talk the state of the trailer. They never were the best housekeepers, that just wasn't their strong suit at all, ever. And so why would you expect anything different? They're adults. You bought them this trailer, that's it. It's theirs now. Let them live in it how they see fit. Leave them alone. It's not your job to go over there like you're their parent now. You guys are the same flipping age. Why are you going over there with a little checklist and your little white glove checking on everything? Let it go. You did your deed, let it go. But no, can't let it go. We got to talk to anyone else that would listen to us about how they're not keeping up with your gift. How you did this and now you don't hear from them at all. And that's the other thing that really ticks me off about narcissists is they will do that transaction and they just wait for you to come crawling to them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, queen. Thank you. And it's just disgusting. You know, Ugh, you would do these things for people. So, and I've started to notice that about another family member close to me who I've, one thing I've learned about narcissists right now, and it turns into these communal, the transaction types, is I've found a pattern. I'd Let me know if you found this too. But being the fact that, one, the first time somebody starts crap talking their friends or family members to me, now my, riot, my narc light goes on. Bink, my narc light's on. Because now I'm like, who does that, right? You don't even know me and you're just going to start bad-mouthing your daughter? I'm going to think you're a narc now and I'm going to say a darn thing to you. I'm going to gray rock you until you leave me alone forever, okay? So when a narc one starts bad-mouthing their co-workers, their friends, or their family, immediately they're on my, they're my possible narc list. And then two, when they've done talking a bunch of crap about said person, then they go and they gift that person something. So a person that shall remain nameless, 
who has who was close to me for a year and then now has ghost like you know a, you know pulled ties away from me we'll just say it my sister I've noticed a pattern with with that transaction where she would badmouth one of her friends to me and then in the same breath um, tell me about how she brought them over some emergency food. And I thought, well, that's really strange because you were just condemning her parenting skills, but then now you're going over and buying her food. And I see that now. So now I second guess anyone who won bad mouths people because my mom used to do this stuff too. And I know that she's going to pick up traits because she was with her for so long in her childhood and also her adult life. So now when I see someone just bad mouth someone, but then also talk about these good deeds that they did. And they're on my narc awareness list, or at least they have a, maybe a narc flea infestation, something. But there's a pattern there and I can't ignore it. And I know a lot of people say, oh, correlation is not causation. Well, to me, honey, patterns exist for a reason. That's why there's patterns, okay? It's not necessarily correlation. It is called a pattern of behavior. And that is what narcissists have. That's why we go through and, and there's the nine patterns of a typical narcissist that is in the DSM. So that's a pattern, a behavioral pattern. So when people have a behavioral pattern towards me, my red light comes on. So if you come at me, you know, talking smack about someone and then also talking about all these good things that you've done for them, I'm going to start to wonder about you. I'm going to start to wonder about you. So just putting that out there. Let me know if you've ran into this. So once again, um, this article is, is full of a lot more information on the communal narcissists and what to look for. And we just covered a lot of the signs of it but they go more in depth. So the link will be at hornswagglepodcast.com, but they cover, um, you know, examples of communal narcissism at work, volunteering for a cause, sports games, support groups, and five ways to deal with them too. So I'm not going to read the entire thing. I just wanted to touch over the bullet points and give my feedback on it. So the link is in the show notes. And now we're going to be moving into my journey so far. All right, this is my journey so far. This is where I'm at in my own awakening from my narcissist-induced nightmare. So uh, last we talked, uh, my family was recovering from like three weeks of um, spread out COVID, <laughs> starting with like my husband or my son and then moving through all four of us. At one point, I sounded like this. It was really bad. And I am convinced that everybody on this entire planet will have that Omnicron or whatever it's pronounced because it seems to be super catchy, catchable, super easy, easy spreader. Let me tell you. And, and everybody, you know, everyone's getting it. But the good thing is, is it wasn't, it never made it down into my chest. It stayed in the upper part and it was more or less still losing your taste and all that jazz. So, but we survived. I think, I feel like it's still hanging on a little bit, but at least I can talk and I can start to taste and smell again. So that's a good point. So if you will run into it, which I'm telling you most likely will, I pray that you uh, pull out, um, pull through and are successful in doing so. I am not a doctor. This is not medical advice. This is just saying that when I was sick, I took a lot of 
I made sure I took vitamin D, three, the zinc, and liposomal vitamin C, and also quercetin because that helps deliver the zinc from what I've been told. I also got um, this um, green tea extract. I want to say it was like ECG something, a green tea extract by Now, the Now brand uh, medicine, like vitamins. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff, like vitamins and also um, NAC, NAC, NAC is, uh, I took that three times a day and it's really, I mean, if you read a lot of the health benefits on like the quercetin, it comes from like leafy greens and they, so everything was um, a supplement or a vitamin and that really worked for my husband and I but that I am not a medical doctor and this is not medical advice I'm just telling you what worked for us so um there's a lot of uh there's not a lot of people can make it to the doctor right now because they're they're packed full of people so um they did recommend we do that over the phone because they don't want us in there also um I have family members that had it too and they took they got in to get the antibodies so if you are, if that's available, then that is an option for you, but I'm not a doctor, all right? I am just a chick who is doing a narcissist podcast and wanted to share that because that is part of my journey so far, <laughs> because it plays into what I'm about to tell you, because uh, we made it through the holidays. We were trapped in our house in quarantine, and it felt like it was like three weeks. It probably was like two and a half because it was like from one to the next to the next to the next to the next. So that was like three weeks before Christmas. No school. Everything was still like no leaving the house. I think the Lord for shipped. I don't know if you have shipped where you are, but we have shipped where we were. It's very much like the um, Instacart, but with less options of stores. Bless their hearts. I love them. They were, oh, I loved every single one of those people who brought groceries to me and I just, uh, it would have been a nightmare without them. And that, that I should tell you sucks about having narcissist family members because when you're in a time of need, they are not around and for good riddance because I kicked them out of my life anyway. So it's not like you're going to rely on someone you kick out. So it is those services when you are granted, I have in-laws that would have come and helped us, but I don't like to inconvenience people, you know? You like to kind of do it on your own if you can. So we did, and thank the Lord for shipped, let me tell you. So we made it, like I said, through the holidays. Love bombs came in from my mom, which I already told you, like started with like a, a immediately a gingerbread house kit that we, oh, we have to do these, you know? I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Open this up and be like, oh, I'm doing this now because my mom sent it to me, like I have to do it. So no, I just put it on a shelf where last year's were. Cause you can send me stuff, I don't have to engage. I don't, I didn't have to. So um, then we made sure to stay busy the week before Christmas because we were free, we were healthy, we were happy to get out. We were, you know, hanging on by our wits end with cabin fever. And um, we definitely made sure to stay busy. We went to see Christmas lights and we went one night, we went all the little small towns around us, went looking for Christmas lights with the kids and I made hot chocolate and coffee and we made it a special time and we stopped by Dollar General because you know they're every five feet and got some candy uh, chocolate covered cherries and we just, we indulged as we went and held our own Christmas light competition. So that was fun. And we raided each town that we 
we went to and we figured like the the victor of each little town and it was fun so then we like went and saw christmas lights at this other drive-through thing and then we did a walk-through thing and then we my birthday was on the 23rd so then we went to my favorite pizza place and it was a good time so we made sure not to be around so if anybody did pop in and it also helped that my husband had it off from work so we went from being in quarantine to thankfully getting that week of um, vacation right before Christmas the week of Christmas so it was kind of crazy he goes from working a lot to not having to work for most of December because of illness and then his vacation so um, it made it a lot easier for us to, one, not let the idea of another spur of the moment narc drop-in happen, you know, because that could bring anxiety. Even though I knew that I, I didn't have to answer the door, even though I knew the last two times I had to swisher her out of my house and... But just knowing, I don't like to have to be that person, but I know that I can. You know, like, I'm capable. I'm capable of holding my own. But nobody likes to be that have had to be put in that position you know I would love to have a normal mom I would love to have a mom that I could trust I would love to have a mom that could come over and be the mom we thought she was and to her face I would love that version but I know darn well now that the minute she turned around she did nothing but lie, lie, lie on top of lie, on top of lie, say disgusting, horrible, mean things about us. And that is just hurtful. And that is not something that is conducive to trust, uh, an environment that um, trust exists in, you know? If I didn't care about that, I would just be like, whatever. But I can't, I don't like living in a lie. So I rebuke that type of a relationship. So we weathered the holiday storm and thankfully with no drop-ins. And if anyone showed up at our house, we didn't know because we made it a point, like I said, to be gone and enjoying the holiday season. And it was an additional plus because we had just been, like I said, in quarantine. So we were itching to get out and to stay busy and to just be enjoying the holiday season. So the bummer news is that my sister um, never reached out for the holidays and I did not either. I would, I would, I would have, but I didn't feel like it would actually change anything at all. But to be honest, I don't think it would have because now knowing what I know, she seems to be playing mind games at this point where she has me on a soft block on Facebook. So like <laughs> all of this was, I know I covered it in another episode where I said how this had happened, but she had been sick. And I don't like harassing someone, calling them every day, every day, every day. And I don't like someone expecting me, putting the expectation on me that I have to call them every day, every day, every day. And I feel like that's where she was going into. So when she was sick, I remember call, she called me and said, hey, if you don't have time, call me back when you do. So I did. I called her like not the very next day, but the like the morning of the following day. Because I also knew she wasn't feeling good. And when you're sleeping, it's annoying to have to be keep people keep calling you. So I let like a day and a half. So I'll round up to two days go by. And I called her on that second day. So not the following day, but the next day. And that's when she had answered the phone and was very high energy, very um, complaining about, whoa, I've had a horrible, crazy week and and my son, da 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 da. And then she was complaining about how her, you know, son was acting and he's in his early teens. And, and then she jumped to um, getting a text message from our aunt 
because we had this. She got into it with our um, a, a estranged cousin, so she jumped into that. Oh, and then I get this text saying blah 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 blah, and then work and da da da, and like she was just ranting from one thing to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and I hadn't even said a word outside of hi, how are you doing? And then it went. So I just sat there and let her just dump. And then she's like, well, how are you doing? And I was like, well, you know, my, I've, I'm a homeschool mom of two kids. I mean, we do the partnership where we can leave and we take them to extracurricular activities. So, but you already know that because I do Van Diaries. <laughs> so um, I was like, well, you know, I've been busy, got to, you know, homeschool those two kids. And, and, um, and my husband, you know, was sick even back then. It was like September. Um, so I've just been keeping an eye on him. She's like, oh, it cuts me off. She's like, oh, well, I thought something had to be going on. And I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, well, I just figured because I hadn't heard from you. And I was like, well, it's only you told me to call you back when I had a chance. And I did. And that's like right now. And she's like, well, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you that it's really no big deal. Like, I don't have anything going on. Why are you, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, whoa, I am not yelling at you. This is getting a little crazy. I said, what's going on? Like, what's going, it caught me so off guard. Like the, 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 you know, you know, you know, I'm sure you've had a conversation like that. You're like, am I in real, is this real life? Like, did I miss something? You know, and I was like, you know what? Because I know about how my mom used to do me. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you when you're like this. I don't know where this is coming from, but I'm not going to. I said, I feel like there's an expectation that I didn't fulfill. And before I could say anything, there's, I do not have an expectation of you. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to talk to you while you're like this. And then I just let her go. And she let me, she's like, me either. And then let me go. This is literally the last interaction I've had with my sister. That was in September. So it really blew me like, whoa, what is this? You know, and at that point, I really felt like she was misdirecting a lot of chaos and, and anger. Plus, like I've mentioned before, on the heels of my mom getting remarried um, September 4th, within that two-week period, my sister turned against me drastically. She had, you know, threw me under the bus to my mom at the wedding a couple times going, I'm not that sister. You know, like, whoa, what what kind of, and my husband had said, what's up with your sister all of a sudden? She's, you know, acting like she's turning against you all of a sudden. Like the person, like it's easier for her to believe the horrible things that she was told about me um, for 20 plus years from my mom. It's easier for her to just go backwards, to just go backwards in her comfy little hate cell and just hate her older sister and hate everything and you know and you know what it is easy to hate some people when you're a hateful person and when you're a very emotionally driven person it's easy to be ruled by anger and it's easily to be ruled by hate and I don't choose that path when I met my sister and we started our new path together over a year ago I never once wanted to paint her the person that my mom painted her to be so this has been a real eye-opener where I just answered her questions and the minute I tried to defend myself, I got shut down. I got like, ooh, like almost like a gaslighting feel. Like she's, she's raising her voice at me, but telling me not to yell. 
And I was like, is this like, is this really happening like right now? Did I really call you to see how you are? And now I'm getting chewed out and accused of doing like yelling at you, but I'm only answering a question. And then like, I'm really confused. Like, I don't see how this is a thing. So take a drink of my spark of water because I'm talking a little too much. Well, you know, so fast forward, I'm just bringing you up to speed if you, if you forgot where I was at with this. So my journey so far with that is um, she has me on soft block on Facebook where I'm literally only allowed to see anything that she posts uh, to the public. But yet she's still my friend. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. All right, I guess we're doing that now. But I didn't do that to her. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not playing games. I'm not a little kid. I'm not playing little games. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I did not block her. I did not unfriend her. I was not going to let her emotions and hate and anger towards me or confusion or whatever she's got going on over there. I don't know. I can't speak for her. So, and then I found out she blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> so, she, a lot of daggers still. Like, I don't know. I don't know where the origin of this outside of just old school brainwashing coming to the surface triggered by my mom getting remarried and constantly asking her if I'm coming and, and bringing me up to her, bringing me up to her. I think it really triggered her. I think as she snapped and she went backwards. She went back into the, the role that she was trained by my mom to be. So, you know, it has been pointed out to me that this definitely seems like she is trying to, oh, this is the, the thing. It's been, it's pointed out she's trying to appear kind to those that we both mutually know on Facebook, because even though she has me soft blocked on Facebook, she made sure to post on my Facebook page, happy birthday, Sistra. And I was like, oh, that's strange. You blocked me on Twitter. You soft blocked me on Facebook, but you will tell me happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> so I said, thanks, Sistra. That was just like a nickname we had for each other so I'm just sitting back going you do you I don't <laughs> none of this is making sense I think that's part of that crazy making stuff that narcissists do I think she's got some infestation um, I go through the list of nine point personality points and I don't see her having five of them I don't um, I feel like she's just regressing back into a previous role that, that she knows. Like, she just rolled right on back. No problem. It's easier to hate me than it is for her to, like, move forward in life, I suppose. So, and it has definitely pointed out that it does appear that she's just trying to, you know, save face to those that we both mutually know publicly. So, whatever. Either way, I refuse to let others' actions dictate my actions especially if it's for the worse so like I said I did not reciprocate any of the blocks if that is one piece of advice I can tell you through this whole thing it is that we should never let the poor behavior of others determine how we respond because we are uh, what what we can't control them but we can control us and how we react so I will keep you posted on that unnecessary drama <laughs> So, um, we're moving into in closing. I think I've said enough. In closing, I hope each episode I record helps someone else who may be going through a similar situation or know someone who has. It can be very discouraging for many because they feel guilty for airing the dirty deeds done by others, but we should never feel shamed into silence. Um, I, I struggled with that at first. I remember, 
um, feeling like, oh, no, I'm a bad person. I'm telling about all the bad things that have been done to me. You know what? But that was part of my training, not to talk about it, to, to stay silent, to stay silent and just keep being a good little trough, a good little supply source. No, I'm a grown woman. I'm halfway to my deathbed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I love my 40s. I do. Because I can say stuff like that and laugh about it. <laughs> but uh, 20 years ago, I probably would have been, oh, I'm clutching my pearls. So I'm just saying that don't feel guilty. Don't let these narcs roll in and they have dictated enough in your life. They have told you what to say for too long. They have told you how to think for too long. They have gaslit you for too long. This is your day. This is your life. And it is time for you to take a stand because if you're not going to stick up for you, nobody else will. All right. So take peace in that. You are not a bad person for not taking their crap anymore. You're not. And you never will be. All right. So stay strong. Um, if you are of the praying persuasions, pr stay in prayer through the good and through the bad. If you're not, you do whatever you do to get you from one day to the next. But um, I can tell you right now, alcohol and substances do not help you. All right. I have had my own struggle with that. We'll talk about that in another episode. I have plenty of episodes I can fill with plenty of things. But when my dad passed away, I leaned into alcohol. I was a winehead mother. I loved boxed wine and it did nothing for me. Okay. It did not, it felt good for five seconds until, you know, you woke up the next day. So uh, that is why I lean on um, my creator and not on boxed wine anymore. And, and he freed me of that. So, <laughs> but I can tell you, I have, there have been many a nights where I cried in a corner in a basement after my family was in bed and everything was done. And at the end of the day, and I just didn't know what to do with all my feelings. And I just want to let you know that I do not recommend that life. And if you're struggling with that, um, definitely invite uh, for me, I invited God into my life, God into my problems, and he flipped a switch. And I and I literally can't, I don't crave it anymore at all. It, it's a beautiful thing. That's my path. And that's what this podcast is about. And if you have something that has worked for you, feel free to let me know and I will share it with others. Because my path isn't your path and your path isn't my path. But I, the goal is that we all get out of this right? Feeling amazing, feeling renewed, feeling the way we should have felt previously to being succubus. Okay. So just keeping it real with you, sweeties. So if, like I said, if you have a story of your own that you would like to share, you can email the show at I was hornswoggled at gmail.com or you can record a quick message on my podcast website at hornswogglepodcast.com. And until next time, have a great day and God bless.